Hello everyone and welcome to Spider-Man 2 Eve or Spider-Man 2 Day if you're listening to this right now. This is Pure Dead PlayStation, a fortnightly PlayStation supplement from Pure Dead Gaming. I'm your host Donnie and today we'll be discussing the PS5 refresh, the possibility of PS5 trophies coming to PC and are Disney looking to get back into gaming again? And as I've already mentioned, it's Spider-Man 2 Eve, so we'll be discussing our hype and excitement as the game goes live in a matter of hours as we're recording. As usual though, I need some guests to do all this. I couldn't discuss hype for Spider-Man 2 without friend of the show Joe, aka Mr. Badbit from the PS Trophy Room, and I'm delighted to finally nail down a very, very busy man. Luke Steele is here for the first time as well. Gentlemen, hello, welcome. How are you both? I'm doing fantastic. I just want to warn people right now, As <laughs> once you started the intro, the landscapers came on through. So if you hear a little buzz in the background, don't worry. It's, I'm going to be an old man. I'm going to yell at him in a few minutes. But other than that, <laughs> I'm doing fantastic. Old man yells at cars. <laughs> <laughs> Your kids knock it off. Pick up at a time. Yeah. Like I'm doing fantastic nonetheless. Good. Good. Luke, how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, thank you for the for the invite and for having me on. No worries. It mu- look, it, m- it must be a refreshing change. You've been invited onto mm. a podcast not to discuss the merger. Who would have thought? Yeah, I know. It's um, we're living in a a, a post uh, a post merger world. Um, yes, which is uh, neither good nor bad. It's just what it is. Um, <laughs> it is good it is. in a way because I don't have to talk about it yeah. anymore, um, or have people. Um, say silly stuff that i have to correct or something like that what's um, the silliest that thing nice? you've ever heard i know there's been a lot uh, of silly stuff the the silliest stuff i think i heard was um probably around the time that um the cma blocked it from phase two and mm-hmm. it was going to be appealed and people were saying that oh microsoft will just you know threaten to pull out of the uk uh, market entirely to, to to get it through, including I, I remember one guy. I can't remember who it was. He was like, "Oh, um, you know, a lot of the kind of backup Microsoft systems and and contracts are on you know the NHS, mm-hmm. so they could so they could you shut know threaten, the NHS. shut down the NHS, you know, you know, murder civilians as it were um, <laughs> to uh, to get their deal through. So that that's probably the stupidest <laughs> thing I've ever heard uh, when in respect to the merger. But yeah. I've heard. A lot of really silly stuff. Fair. Yeah, I bet, I bet. I know you, you were doing the rounds every week for, it felt like like four months, but it probably felt longer to yeah. you actually, didn't it? Yeah, I've <laughs> aged horribly in that time. <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, yeah, when, yeah, I went around. It was, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, it's very rare, I think, that you have a convergence between what you do in your, your, your professional life and then your hobby. So that was that was cool that, it, that I had that convergence. In retrospect... It it wasn't because it was also really annoying. <laughs> yeah. Um but so it'd be nice not to, to talk about that stuff. Um for and Good. well, probably until the next one, right? I mean it's, uh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. But um, the next time or, or, or yeah, when 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 Sony decide to fight back as people keep saying, you know, or so and so by so and so, you'll yes. you'll be back on. You'll yeah. be back. Yeah, you'll I'll be, be back. reeled in. <laughs> When Sony buys EA, we'll be back talking. <laughs> yeah, there. <laughs> yeah, or buy Square Enix, the worst, the worst kept secret. Um, yeah, yeah. Listen, it's gonna happen. <laughs> so yeah, we'll see. It's 
Yes. And um, Joe, I've I've got a bone to pick with you. I'm not happy with you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Right, I was What's um up? I was I was in my car. Okay. And listening to the podcast, and I was driving, and you made a comment. Yeah. You've never seen the Goonies. Never. What the hell, dude? I know. What the hell? How have you never seen the Goonies? <laughs> dude, <laughs> honest to God, every time I say that, the 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 person that I'm talking to is like the same reaction. Like, what do you yeah, mean? Yeah. You've never my never best friend. I've known her for 17 years. It's too long. And like she she literally found out I never watched Goonies like three weeks ago. She's like, I'm sorry, excuse me? What? Uh, Kyle, same. He's like, how have you mm. not watched like there's so yep. many brilliant actors in there? Like Josh Brolin's in it apparently, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So yep. many good actors. So I I will watch it. I will make it I will make it a thing that I do in the next few weeks. I will write that wrong just for you, Donnie. Yeah, good, good. I mean, in the UK here, it's it's always on at Christmas time. Always, it's, it's really yeah. It's all yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of these films that's been shown on 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 that sort of festive period every year since I was a little boy. That's how I've obviously seen it. and I've grown up with it. So, so is Goonies yeah, like a Christmas movie? No, it's not. No. But it's one of these films that's always shown at Christmas time. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. it's at the same level. If you ever come to the UK and you put on normal television at Christmas, you'll probably see the Goonies, and then you'll also randomly see a lot of Harry Potter. Yes. You know what? Um, Funny uh, enough, my my best friend again, like shout out to her. Um, she's like every Thanksgiving, Harry Potter has to be played, and I get it because like Harry yeah, Potter has that, same. yeah, it has that like fall appeal, like fall yeah. turning into yeah. winter feel. So I I definitely yeah. get that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good, good. Right, let's get cracking, and we're going to start the news tonight with the worst-kept secret in gaming. Confirming a Tom Henderson leak from last year, and also leaked information from the aforementioned Xbox FTC trial, PlayStation have confirmed on the PS blog that a new slimmer, aka PlayStation Slim model, will be released in time for Christmas this year. Writing on the PlayStation blog, as the holiday season approaches, we're excited to share that we have a new PS5 model launching. To address the evolving needs of our players, our engineering and design teams collaborated on a new form factor that provides greater choice and flexibility. The same technology features that make the PS5 the best to play are packed into a smaller form factor, along with an attachable Ultra HD Blu-ray disk drive and a 1TB SSD for more internal storage. The new PS5 has been reduced in volume by more than 30% and weight by 18 and 24% compared to previous models, which is great because it means it can fit it in your fucking house. If you purchase a <laughs> PS5 digital edition, you can add the disk drive later. It will be sold separately for 99.99 here in the UK. The new PS5 model will be available starting this November in the new in the US and at select re- at select local retailers. It will continue to roll out globally in the following months. Once the inventory of the current PS5 model sold out, the new PS5 will become the only model available. Mm. Pricing does remain the same here in the UK, the digital version retailing for $390 and the physical $480. America, however, did see a $50 price uplift, but I can see Joe and my camera. It is worth remembering <laughs> earlier this year when, when PlayStation saw a global price increase, the US wasn't included. That's my excuse and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> and of course, you will be able to buy an array of new plates and colours, you know, because, you know, we've got to make the money. Got it. Um, yeah, got to make the money. 
before Joe, I, I will come to you first on this okay. one, but I'm gonna. We've seen lots of 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 comments and, and, and vitriol on this, and I'm, there's one bit that I kind of I kind of wanted to speak about, and I'm trying going to try not to sound condescending, but it probably will come across as condescending to people. But I've seen comments like, "Oh, well, a new slimmer models came out a refresh, so that means the price should be decreased. They should be cutting the cost of it." Now I'm in sales, right, mm-hmm. and I'm looking at the PS5 going. They want to sell 25 million this year. So between the new model coming out and the end of the financial year, we'll call that 10 million. Yeah. So if there's 25 million this year, and we're at the peak now, so next year will probably drop. If we'd be conservative and say 20 million, and then the year after that we'd be conservative again and say 15 million. That is a lot of PlayStation 5 units that people expect them to knock money off. Yeah. Now, sorry, but that's that's not how capitalism works, people. Nope. And this is what you vote for, you know. Um, that's it's to to suggest that we should just or they should just reduce the cost. Madness. You people just don't get it. They don't get the world that we're in. Um, I know. I know, Joe. You're going to have some uh, comments on the price increase because spoiler alert. You you made your feelings clear this yeah. week. So um, yeah, listen. Let's let's talk, talk about it. Talk let's to me. talk about it. Talk to me. No, so to me, I think it's a, we're being the gaming community. We like to be like all or nothing, right? We like to exaggerate a little bit. We talk a lot in our feelings about things. So, like for me, yeah, it, I'm not in sales. I'm just a big dumb dumb idiot. So, like for me, I take a look at it, going, okay, you're bragging about less volume, less space. Let you know the components are smaller, all that jazz. You know, this is a cheaper console to make, and you raise the price by 50 bucks. To me, it doesn't make sense uh, in, in a way where it's like, why should I get the digital version? You would think that's the version that PlayStation wants to push because you're in the ecosystem, right? Like GameStop, like Best Buy, you don't got to worry about them. It's just this. And then all of a sudden, you you have a very competitive price point between a Series X and a Series S. But it kind of just goes to show that PlayStation does not view Xbox, at least in this gen, anywhere near a threat. So... You know, to me, it's just, it's bewildering because of the two skew. If it wasn't two skews, I'd be like, okay, even like with it being 450, I'm like, all right, I get it. Like technically still cheaper. So like, to me, I'm, I'm just more confused. Like some of the, some of the things that they talked about here as a consumer, I don't see a benefit to as someone who already owns a PlayStation five as well. So I'm speaking out of privilege. Like, you know, I got one person yelling at me cause I was just like, yeah, it's a bummer that like the stand isn't included the horse, the vertical stand, right? You got to sure. pay 30 bucks for it. That's a bummer. It is a bummer that like the digital version gets a price increase, but the base version doesn't, Um, you know, it's it. it and that's really about it. So it's like, it's kind of like the weird messaging that they use, the weird verbiage that they use makes an all around what I think is a pretty like sizable, not to say upgrade, but like, yeah, fine to a, to, to a PS5 in terms of like what they're adding in, like Wi-Fi six and like the extra USB-C port, like a refresh rather, not upgrade. So it's like, okay, cool. Everything about the console is great. But when you get into the little details, it just becomes a bit of a bummer. 
and that's that's really the overall thing. It's the console's nice. I I'm the only person in the world that thinks the console looks great. Uh, okay, Donnie, I do, you're, you're, you're I great. Do, though, yeah, with, uh, with my every, lovely block plates, it looks so nice. Yeah, yeah it looks nice. Um, <laughs> but it's just yeah, it's the weird verbiage, and and even like I could kick and scream about the price, but it goes to show. I could kick and scream all I want. People are still going to be buying this console. You know, it look, it, it, it's breaking records in, in September. It was the best selling console in September. You know, it's going to do gangbusters. It's the only place you could play Spider-Man. So it's like, yeah, no, they're, they're in a great place. So as much as we could kick and scream about these price increases, you're right, Donnie, everybody's voting with their wallet and they're saying for the most part, it's fine. So it's I'm be, it's it's like we we like to be um I think the word I'm gonna want to use is like pedantic about it, right? We're just mm-hmm. being we're being in our yeah. I, I and I feel like this is the 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 current state of uh, enthusiast game coverage is like be in your feelings and be you know extra about it. And I just don't have that energy. It's just like yeah, yeah. console looks nice, uh, reasonable refresh. And the the police are here. They're going to arrest me for <laughs> talking ill. Oh, my goodness. Crime, crimes against Game Pass. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, the Game Pass squad's on me. So, you know, at the end of the day, that's a, a, a decent refresh, some bummer details. But it's not the end of the world. Some per, One person in particular got really upset. They're like, you're, so, you're being so extra about the stand. I'm like, even at the end of my rant uh, last week's episode, I was just like, yeah, I'm just telling you, it's a bummer because it was a, a included in the original uh, PS5, but like, it's not the end of the world because I don't even use the goddamn stamp. So, like, you know, it is what yep. it is. To be honest, before I come to you, look, my my only complaint that I have about this refresh is mm. the stand. Yeah, it's the fact that they've taken the decision to take a stand out of what me, you, and Luke have got from our existing one and go. There's thirty pounds for it. They've they've taken that decision to take that out and then charge you for it when it's already included. That's a bit I think. That's the apple of Sony or PlayStation coming out really 100%. strong now. You know, yeah. that's what that is. I don't. I must admit, I don't like that. I know people are saying, "Oh, the PlayStation Two, PlayStation Four, had a stand you paid for." Yeah, but this one was included in the existing box, yep. and yep. now it's not. Apart from this tiny little bit of plastic. Holding up if you if yep. you lay it um, horizontally, um, Luke. Yeah, what was your uh, what, what's your thoughts on on the refresh and, and the pricing of things? Yeah, I think I, for me it was kind of one of those stories where um, I just looked at it and went, yeah, okay, you know, and kind of <laughs> moved on because well, I mean, ultimately, it doesn't it, it anybody for any of us, for example, it doesn't affect us at all. Nope. Um, so like, I don't look at it and go, ah, yeah, that's a real bummer. I think it it is a bit of a bummer to some extent, you know, obviously in the U S for, for people coming into the ecosystem who want a new PlayStation that they're, you know, that they're effectively paying a bit more for it. And then, as you say, I think the real gripe I had was, was the redesigned stand, you know, to take that out when it's been included to, to redesign it and then go, yeah, that's actually 29.99. It's is a bit ridiculous um but it, it, we've i think the 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 thing is that we've gone the, the days of incremental reductions in console cost uh in terms of pass through to consumers like it was in the past have gone 
we don't really live in those days anymore. Um, and you can see that not only by this, um, but also if you looked at the the FTC leaked documents when, you know, uh, the Brooklyn, which is the Series X refresh, that is in the slide that's supposed to be the same price as the current Series X as well. And that's coming out next year. Now, you get more in that as you do for the, you know, PS5 refresh in terms of you get a, a bigger hard drive and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, but those days of, you know, you'd have component costs dropping significantly so the cost pass through, you know, the reduction in cost pass through could come to a consumer. You're just not getting those anymore um, because you're not getting reductions in most real t retail products anymore in the, of the same nature. Um, I'm sure they will come eventually, um, but what you've seen so far is stuff like, you know, Sony or Microsoft or whoever doing, you know, sporadic price drops to move units, right? PlayStation had one a few months ago where they dropped, I think it was £75 in the UK or something like that, yep. where they dropped the price for a few months. So um, th those are great times to obviously pick up a console. So yeah, I, I kind of looked at it and just went, well, it doesn't, it doesn't really affect me. I'm not going to go out and get one because why would I? I actually quite like the design of the original PS5. I don't think mm -hmm. it's the best looking console ever, but I, you know, I think it looks nice. Yeah. Um, and uh yeah uh, it, it just is what it is you know i don't i don't feel the need to kind of spit vitriol about it because it just doesn't impact me and i think some sometimes the takes around it are a bit disingenuous because it's coming from people that just aren't either aren't going to buy the console or already have the console and are kind of latching onto it for you know more fanboy nefarious yeah. purposes rather than actually being that upset about the the, the topic at all yeah, it's actually, you made a really good point actually about obviously the documents you saw with the FTC case about Brooklyn. And you're right about the, you know, the, the, the refresh of the Series X, which is going to be the same price, but they're also removing the disk drive for that same price. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. what will be interesting is the receipts when that, if and when that, that happens. Yeah interesting um the bit for me and i, I said i guessed it on our on, on our podcast this week on, on grumpy gamers I, I was on them and i i mentioned this then and for me what's what's quite interesting actually about this is looking at the bigger picture is you know at the moment playstation obviously manufacture two SKUs, physical and digital now they're just manufacturing one now it's just one skew that at the end gets a bolt on hard drive that you buy from the shop so it's one skew one line we'll call it for argument's sake making one console that then gets either a hard drive or not, boxed, away it goes, shipping costs all reduced. Yeah, perfect. But Tom Henderson called this rumor out about a year ago, and everyone went, fucking bullshit. No one tags on you know, peripherals anymore. That's Sega CD stuff, you know? And he was right. So in my head, I'm going, he was so right. To get something that no one would have predicted, to get that so right, I'm like, surely he's right about the pro. And now I'm excited. Because before, the Pro is this mythical thing that we don't really know if it's genuine. We've never known. We've both speculated because we trust Tom. Now I'm like, I really trust Tom. Why would he be wrong here? He's doubled down on this several times, yeah. triple times. You know, he's, he's, he is adamant that the Pro is true, just like he was adamant about this. So that, for me, is very exciting. So I'm hoping now that's what we're going to see. Now we've got this one PlayStation 5 getting made possibly start of the year, we start to maybe see production on the Pro, maybe announcement in the summer, this time next year, we're all going, 700 bucks? Yeah, okay. <laughs> you know? That's... Yeah. Yeah. 
And, and here's the thing. There is such a, there is such a market for like an enthusiast console. And I think it, I, I like the idea of PlayStation and Xbox, anybody going, Hey, let's make a beefier thing for the people that give a shit. Like, you know, we've seen a, a lot of reports point and indicate that like most people at the end of the day, they go for the quality mode. They don't really care much for the performance mode, but I know those people are crazy, but the people that pr- prefer the performance mode are there. And I think if on PlayStation, I'm kind of gauging how many people turn on performance mode. How, and, and can I, can I make more money off these people? Um, and I, I like the idea. I, you know, our good friend over at season gaming, Ainsley Bowden has kind of championed this idea. He's like, I would spend a thousand bucks for, for a console that can do it all. Like, Absolutely. Let's do it. Let's, let's make something stupid. <laughs> now I'm not like yeah. saying, let's go make, let, let, let me go take out a loan for this thing. But like, I would be paying Sell a, a kidney. Good, <laughs> exactly. Like I would pay a, a good, like six hundo for something that gives me un you know, um, yep. you know, un, un, unaltering like 4k and 60 FPS, you know, like true yep. 4k, true. Uh, I'd buy that in yep. an instant. Sign me up. I don't yep. care, you know, if I got to load it onto a truck <laughs> and, 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 and break down a door frame to get this thing in my room. I would do that in a heartbeat. And that goes for the Xbox as well. Like, I have a Series X. And, uh, you know, for for all it does me, I should have gotten a Series S, but I'm like, no, I want 4K. No, I want it 60 yeah. FPS. Like, yeah. you know, so for me, yeah. I, I think there is a market for that, and that gets me ex- excited. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Luke, do you use the PC yeah. Man, a pro model. Are you? Would you be in? Uh, uh, I think I would actually, for the reason that um, the PlayStation don't obviously they don't bring their games day and date to PC, which I you know I understand the rationale for that. That's fine, um, but as a result, it means that you know I, I I'm not the type of person that would wait a year year and a half two years for spider-man 2 to drop on pc right there's there's no way that i would do that so until that changes the idea of a pro model is actually very tempting for me um in fact i I say tempting i i I would guarantee i would get it i would absolutely get it (laughs) so yeah yeah, we're we're kidding ourselves you're guys like us that are sitting recording podcasts and listening to fan-made content we're kidding ourselves all getting one the thing is, exactly, the, yeah. even, even if they charge me 800 quid for that, I sell my existing one for 300. It only cost me 500 yeah, what I paid yeah. anyway. That's the way I look at it, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. You know, not that it would be 800. That's, just no, that's gamer math, what you just yeah. did. You oh, know? yeah. yeah. yeah like, gamers, gamers are like, we're like the crack fiend of nerds. Like, we will sell a library <laughs> yeah. of stuff just to get the latest hit, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. every time it's like, I traded in three games for, like, I don't know, Call of Duty 3. It's like, <laughs> it's like we're always <laughs> yeah. itching for it. We want that 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 dopamine rush. And what happens? It always sits in their backlog, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, but, yeah, I mean, so so I'd, I'd definitely be in um, for it. And, and I've no doubt that um, it, would, it would sell well because you know playstation hardware just does sell really well i mean you've got you know the the playstation portal um selling pretty well actually um considering the limited nature of the device Mm -hmm. i pre-ordered one by the way but don't tell anyone no same i have a problem too luke (laughs) i have a problem too Um, yeah um 
so like you know that they make they make good hardware and i think um as long as the the jump is significant enough for the pro which i expect it would be um then yeah i'd absolutely get it because i can't you know as i say i'm not gonna i'm not gonna wait for two years for for the next Mm -hmm. you know playstation exclusive um just to drop on pc and you know i've got i've I've got a really really high-end rig and I, i love it but i'm I can't, I can't do that. It's like crack, you know, the, yeah. <laughs> their first party Formal, stuff. Baby. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Well, speaking of kind of nice little segue you've done there, Luke, into story number two, um, PlayStation have made no secret of their desire to increase their presence in the PC market. In recent times, we've seen Spider-Man 2018, God of War 2018, The Last of Us Remake, Horizon Zero Dawn, Returnal, and soon Horizon Forbidden West Complete Edition all come to PC. PlayStation also forecasted at a financial presentation back in March of this year that PC port turnover would be targeted at $450 million for this year. It can be no surprise then that a rumour surfaced around PlayStation trophies coming to PC. Quoting v- sorry, quoting VGC, Sony Interactive Entertainment could be planning to bring PlayStation trophy support to its PC games. That's according to data from True Trophies, a site that scans trophy lists directly from the PlayStation Network. According to the site, it recently detected a new PS5 trophy list with an additional platform listed alongside it, quote, PSPC. The list in question reportedly isn't attached to any particular game and appears to be a test. It's claimed that the PSPC platform listing refers to a new platform separate from the PS5, yet one might still connect to the PS platform. The listing follows the addition of PSN support to Marvel Spider-Man Remastered on PC last year. While the game does not feature trophy support, it offers players in-game rewards in exchange for linking their Steam and PSN accounts. So Luke, obviously, you mentioned you wouldn't wait two years for for an exclusive game, and and one can't blame you. Um, I must admit, this story makes complete sense. I, I I have absolutely no ties to PC gaming at all. I asked in our Discord earlier, how does how does the Xbox achievements work on PC? And you literally mm. just linked your Steam, your Xbox account. When you hit a, a Steam trophy, it links to your Xbox trophies. It's, it's a piece of piss. It works yeah. seamlessly. I'm surprised this hasn't happened then, given obviously it's not like, you know, PlayStation only got into PC gaming two months ago. You know, these are a few yeah. years now. So I think for... People who are PC gamers, this is surely a positive, right? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, full disclaimer, I'm not really a, a trophy hunter or an achievement hunter or anything like that. Um, although I do, I do. <laughs> I've got. I just can't do it. I can't do it. I don't want to force myself to unlock a, unlock something. I just want to play a game, man. Uh, leave me alone. Um, <laughs> but uh, like, I I do appreciate them, um, and I know that a lot of people really enjoy them. Uh, and I think, it, yeah, it may, I mean, it makes total sense. I think, you know, in terms of your point around, you're surprised it hasn't happened. I guess if, like, Sony with their PC stuff, it's it's all been very incremental, right? It's been kind of kind of dipping their toes in the water for a long time. And I think now they've got both feet in, but they're a bit hesitant to go any further for a little bit. So I think all of this is is um, kind of evidence that they're going you know there's very slowly going towards a, a more um dual platform future as it were um i think it will be a very long time before they start doing stuff like day and date um 
PS5 and PC games, at least for the single player stuff. Um, but this is kind of a step in in that direction, and it it just makes sense um, that you can you know ultimately I don't I don't think in the end they really care where you're buying the game as long as you're spending money, and if they can keep driving engagement through, you know, uh, cross platform. Uh, trophies then it makes total sense for them so yeah it's it's a good it's a good step for them yeah yeah joe do you, do you ever see a future of where maybe playstation sort of release their own launcher like a you know or do you think it'll always be like you know steam and epic you know is there enough content to justify the cost of running a launcher that's a really good question um, oh, thank you. Thank it's, you. It's a really good one because that's it's it's something where if I could get my dumb hat on, where like I could talk about mergers and acquisitions, you know what, what I'm talking <laughs> about? Because like if I'm Sony, I'm looking at like what I do really well. Like I got this ecosystem that people really like. It only makes sense to try to extend that ecosystem into PC, right? We talked about it a little bit this week on the video version of the Trophy Room about you know these companies hitting ceilings and having to expand in other areas to make more money. And I think I would like to actually see, I'm the only PlayStation person I'll to say this, I would really like to see PlayStation be more aggressive on the PlayStation, uh, on the PC front. So I would love to see them go up there and like put their games day and date on PC. It doesn't affect me as a PlayStation gamer. I, I, it, I would not be swayed either way. Because I prefer my console. So, like, to me, I, I want to see PlayStation be aggressive, put at least lower the window uh, to, to have PC gamers enjoy the content that I enjoy, um, because I'm not going to gatekeep that for anybody. Uh, while at the same exact time, uh, you know, maximizing their profits, because I I look at like. I look at the numbers that like God of War, Spider-Man, you know, like Horizon did, and they're decent, but I'm like, I think it could be a little higher. I, I bet if they had the the second, like the, that, that marketing push, the same type of marketing push that it had when you're on PS5, they're like, you could do some significant damage here. So I do think there is a, um, and PC players are going to like recoil when I say this, there is a, an absolute future that PlayStation makes their own Ubisoft-like connect service where yeah it's you know you log into steam uh you make your little psn account uh and then you log in and you get maybe rewards or you get your trophies that pop and your friends list there as well uh kind of like a pseudo app within within uh steam or them making their own platform but i don't know if that totally makes sense i think if you're a guy in the boardroom you definitely want more people to sign up for playstation uh, you know, uh, PlayStation Plus or, or PSN rather, so you could point to your shareholders going, look at the growth we're seeing now here. And I bet you would definitely want a streaming service on that PC for your premium members going, hey, listen, you could literally play this on a PC. You could play this on your Mac. You could play this wherever. So to me, when I look at like the, the future of like PlayStation acquisitions, I would like to see them do something in the PC space to say, hey, we're here now. Uh, and we're we're gonna put our foot down here and, and and hopefully make a make a foundation where more people can come be a part of it. It's and as I say that, I know it's a monumental task because you have people like Epic trying and failing. GOG does I would think a decent job, but you know, to me, I think at the end of the day, the simplest thing that they can do is uh, go out there, 
make a pseudo app like a, a Ubisoft Connect, but I truly think in my heart of hearts, they're making something a little bit more so that they can expand into PC akin to what we see Microsoft doing with the Game Pass app and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Plus as well, knowing Sony, there's no way they like giving 30% to Steam. It's like, we take the 30% around here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, that's exactly. our game, baby. Yeah. yeah. That, and, and that's why to me, it makes so much sense of like, yeah, Steam will always be there. I think that's the devil they're going to have to work with. Um, you know, I definitely see them doing something their own. I, I know there's been documents, you know, prior that have kind of hinted at PlayStation is looking to do more into the PC realm. So I think it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah again, exactly. I'm okay with it, guys. We need to be okay yeah. with it. You know? Yeah. The thing is, the PC is a massive market. You don't... Yeah. I think sometimes I, I've been quite naive in realizing how many PC gamers are out there. What what we don't know, I've never seen stats for, is how many PC gamers also console game. That's a bit I've never, I don't think I've ever seen that. I'm, I'm sure, you know, you know, NPD or Sarkana have, have got some of some sort of data, but, you know, and there'll be marketing data that Sony will have. They'll pay for it, obviously, because, again, I think that's probably quite key is, you know, it's a percentage that they're losing to people who only have PC, but the ones that have both that are, well, I'll buy it on PlayStation, but like, look, you know, well, I'm not going to wait, yeah. so I'm buying it anyway. And even then, you might even buy it twice because when the game comes out in yeah. two years, you go, oh, now it's 120 frames, Spider-Man 2, and it's <laughs> and it's 4K. Oh, I'm going to buy that again. Do you know what I mean? So there's, I yeah. guess there's that as well, you know, so... Yeah. yeah, I think it's difficult to to judge. I think anecdotally, I don't see a huge amount of crossover. But then, you know, there are people like me um, who kind of play on everything, uh, including PC, where there probably is crossover. You know, um, there has been for me. I've double dipped on on different games on PC uh, before. So, um, I, I think yeah, I think it's interesting. Um, I mean, in terms of Sony making their own um, their own app on PC, you know, their own kind of uh, launcher. launcher. I, I hope not, yeah. uh, <laughs> because like the PC audience, myself included, is very reticent towards uh, additional launches because usually they're just they're just pass through security launches and they're just they're just an extra layer of bloat that prevent you from getting to your game, which is you know evidenced. I mean, somewhat by the difficulties Epic have had in terms of the, the you know their their launcher um, trying to break through the the steam stymie as it were um and i think epic have done pretty well actually um but they offer a different kind of value over that's you know in the past free games or vouchers you know to to buy their games and and now obviously they're taking a different approach which is you can only get certain games for a time being on on the epic game store so um i don't know if if sony were to make a launcher i don't know how they would rationalize that with their you know with a pc audience and and do have some incentive to actually go over and uh get games there i think it, it, it would be difficult because think, you know breaking breaking that hold steam has is hard yeah i think if the way playstation will look at it is like an extension of your playstation 5 
Uh, that maybe is the way that they would look about. And and trust me, as I'm saying this, understand folks that are yelling at me in their car. I'm, I'm a dumb, dumb idiot. You're probably right. Right. I understand like, like PC gamers, y'all hate Epic uh, because it's another launcher that you have to look. And listen, I load up my, my PC. I get hit with all bunches of, of of pop-ins and and ads and whatever. Um, But I ain't going to stop anybody that could see something going. This could, this can make an arrow go go up on a chart somewhere, you know. It, it's it's yep. an idea, it may not be the best idea, but yeah, I think if PlayStation viewed it as an extension of a PlayStation Five, maybe an extension of PlayStation Plus, it would maybe start convincing them a little bit. Yeah, indeed, indeed. I think it's a good point. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm actually quite. I'm really actually interested to see how the Horizon Forbidden West collection sells on PC. Because if ever there's a game to fully utilize an expensive rig, like Luke says, it's that. You know, and if oh yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, I'm actually really excited to see how that sells. Because you know, there's been lukewarm. You know, you know, Last of Us Part One was lukewarm. Um, Returnal, Returnal was marketed poorly. That was that was Sony's fault. Oh god, um, that pissed me off. It's, it's a brilliant Returnal's game. A game Returnal is one, it's still my probably second or third favorite PS5 game, but that's a game that was made for PC yeah. and it was marketed yeah. horrendously and it and it all but flopped on PC to be honest. And that's a real disservice to that unbelievable yeah. game made for made. See anyone with a widescreen rig should be playing that game hands down. Game of the gen, absolutely ridiculous man, for me. ridiculous. Yep, easy. Yep, one of the best platinums I've ever got. Fucking adored that game, man. Adored yeah, it. Fantastic. Adored it, man. Yeah. So let's, just, let's just stop. Let's talk about Returnal for a second. Jesus Christ, <laughs> that story. Podcast now, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Nice. When you get to the middle, I'm like, did I just like, if I get into the yeah. end? And then it's that that sequence. I was like, bruh. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It just fucks with your mind. The whole story is just. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, hey, Kojima, guess what? We're smoking the same you're smoking all right <laughs> and they did it so well so confidently oh my goodness jane yeah. perry excellent crushed yeah. the role of celine Ugh. yeah what Good. a game play returnal everyone yes that's it it's on it's on ps plus you've got premium you've no excuse you have no excuse quote unquote, unquote free quote unquote mm. free <laughs> next up um a story i'm kind of loath to talk about but you know we, we will talk about it because everyone's talking about it but um from games industry sorry, blah, 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 blah. next up from games industry biz disney is reportedly looking to acquire ea or a company of similar scale as a way back into games publishing as reported by bloomberg some disney executives have allegedly suggested that ceo bob Iger could transform the company from a gaming licensee to a publisher by acquiring ea Iger is reportedly non-committal about the potential acquisition. GamesIndustry.biz did reach out to Disney for clarification. EA reportedly discussed acquisition plans with Disney last year. The publisher also allegedly talked with NBC, Amazon and Apple. However, talks with NBC reportedly fell through. Disney was a games publisher until 2016 when it closed Disney Infinity Studio Avalanche and exclusively stuck to a licensing model for properties it owns for developers to use. Recent Disney licensed games include Return to Monkey Island, Disney Illusion Island, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, and Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. Upcoming titles include Avatar Frontiers of Pandora, Spider-Man 2, Star Wars Outlaws, and an Indiana Jones game by developer Machine Games. Um, Guys, whatever one of you wants to jump in here, you can do. 
when I saw this story, right, I was like, no quotes, allegedly, what was the other words it was used? Um, reportedly, apparently, looking to, <laughs> it's, it's the most fluffy clickbait article I think I've seen in a long time. Mm. That's a good, that's like, a, yeah. That's, you know a, that's a very like, good angle. Like this was made out to be this this kind of big story, yeah. and then when I was, you know, when I, when I was doing doing the notes and going through the VGC article, I'm like, sorry, games industry biz article. I'm like, what am I actually reading here? Why am I even talking about this? But everyone was like, well, do you know what? I'll include mm-hmm. it in. And we'll have a chat about it. You know, yeah. if it warrants, if it warrants chat, that is. Yeah, it's yeah. I, I love the angle you took because yeah, there's a lot of apparently's and so and so's, and it sounds like uh, <laughs> it sounds like some people in the boardroom are like, so what do we do to maximize growth? Because we may yeah. be stalling out in some areas again, akin yeah. to hey, listen, we're stalling out. What are some other uh, a- you know areas markets that we can uh, penetrate? Who and um, Ooh. <laughs> oh my <laughs> and. Um, and someone probably threw that out. I don't think Disney is looking to buy anything. I think Disney is really skittish on what they got with the Fox deal. I think Bob Iger regrets that deal. I think he has a, 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 um, I think he has it to, to just put it bluntly. He has a bloated company. And I think he's looking to offload stuff rather than onload more things in a industry in which he does not understand, right? Like he does not understand games. I mean, the strike, uh, the actor strike might hit games next. So like, there's just a lot of things that he doesn't understand. And I think the last thing he wants to do is look at an industry he doesn't know about when right now he needs to take care of his home that he does know. So I don't, I don't see this. I, I, I see EA shopping themselves. Definitely. Yeah, 100%. They're, they're, yeah. They're, they're, they've been hooting themselves out for sure. It's the, it's the, it's the reason why you see EA going like, we're not up for sale, but we're going to be the biggest publisher soon. <laughs> narf, narf. <laughs> um, you know, they're definitely pumping up their chest. And it's the reason why they, they, they were so antsy to get this deal with, uh, ABK done. It's not so that they could be number one publisher. They don't give a shit about the title. They want the money. They want their golden parachutes. They want to have that accomplishment on a plaque somewhere. Um, they, they want to get bought. I, I think most of these companies, big companies, see Apple, Amazon, Google, all of it, and going, me? Now now us? What money can you give me? So I don't doubt that EA's been looking for buyers. Um, they have a very intrinsic relationship right now with Disney. They're working with a lot of Disney products and pro- uh, and productions. So I, I don't – I wouldn't be surprised if they've talked, but I – don't see this as a reality happening anytime soon. And I think if it does happen, this would be one of the most sorrowful, you know, acquisitions. Uh, Listen, say what you want about EA, say what you want. They've done a really good job fixing up their image. The past 10 years, they've launched some incredible games and I don't want to see the likes of, um, I want to see Titanfall three. I don't want to see, you know, Magic Mickey's, you know, playpen. I don't want that game. 
right? <laughs> I want a Dead Space 2 remaster remake. I don't want Goofy's, you know, dumb, dumb adventure. Like, I want new IP, interesting IP continued there. And I don't want it to just be an IP factory for Disney to pump out. Um, I yeah. want to see like, original like content. Like they're doing with their live action movies, basically, you know, and just... Yeah, it's 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 outrageous, isn't it? You know, so I get that. It's yeah. So I don't. I I don't. This is probably the one acquisition I would never cheat. I no. Uh. Uh-uh. I want my dead space too. Please. <laughs> don't take <laughs> um, it away from look- me. <laughs> Luke, I'm, I'm going to apologize. I said we wouldn't talk about the merger, but oh, clearly no. we're going to talk about Spiro. Know, so, oh, no. Yeah, no. That's okay. I, I've this got is, a this is a hypothetical one. <laughs> Correct. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think it's um, I think it's interesting. I mean, um, from a purely Disney perspective, uh, to some extent, it would make sense because the problem that Disney have at the minute is their stock is pretty depressed um, consistently, and the reason for that is because uh, simply because they're not they're not really growing significantly, um, and that's a mix of uh, their streaming you know section as it were um really losing a lot of money um but actually their you know their theme parks and their experience stuff is doing really well um and it's it, it, that's the growth vector for disney at the moment and that's why over the next few years they've said that you know they're investing even more heavily in in that area um, because it's surprisingly still after the pandemic or a place where you can really drive growth. So I want to go there so bad. <laughs> you don't know. How, you don't yeah. know how much stupid money I'm about to waste going there. Hopefully next year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. So, um. So you know, diversifying in this way for Disney would make some sense because um, EA have pretty sizable revenues. Um, they th- they themselves are probably a little undervalued at the moment, um, so it's a good time to maybe try and, and get in there. But as you say, th- th- you know, this article was really speculative. I think we know last year there were some talks between I think Wilson and um, some higher up uh, Disney executive, but nothing ever came of that so and that and that happens you know quite a lot particularly with you know these big blue chipper um uh companies particularly nowadays because consolidation and conglomerization is um a, a, can be a really significant growth driver um you only have to look at the past year right to, to know that particularly in gaming mm-hmm. so i would understand why e, uh, why um Disney would would go for that. It would be a great revenue source in terms of what EA already produces. It makes a lot of money. Things like, you know, FIFA, not FIFA, Madden, uh, all of that kind of stuff. Um, And then then they get a a suite of um, developers to to pump with Disney IP, right? And they've been generally pretty successful over the last few years, Disney, in terms of, you know, getting out their IP and having, you know, good results in, in the gaming space. But on the other hand, I mean, obviously, if you're taking EA on, you're taking on a, a really significant financial burden in the first place. Um, you go from licensing, which costs you very little, um, to, you know, uh, housing thousands of employees and, and um, you know, all the associated costs with that. So actually, as a short to medium term way of driving growth, it's it's um, not 
great. You know, it's Microsoft and Activision will be exactly the same um, as an example. So um, it depends on what they're looking at. I, I think I completely agree with Joe. I think Iger at the minute is quite spooked. And I think that's why they're doubling down into things that they know and that they're good at, which is stuff like their theme parks or experiences. They know how to drive growth in those. They know how to make a lot of money. They feel like they can make a lot more money. So I think for now, I don't see it. In the next couple of years, maybe, maybe. But um, I think that's dependent on a lot of things. Perhaps if the if the theme park stuff doesn't go too well, they might they might start looking at aggressive acquisitions to try and have you know bolster their stock. But we'll see. Disney dead. Disney dead. <laughs> Disney company. Yeah, Disney dead. Yeah. yeah. Microsoft should buy them. Yeah, they should. They should. <laughs> I actually have a list of my five dream acquisitions from Xbox and Microsoft, and it's like the world. Sony, Nintendo. Sony, dead. Come down, Cody. Nintendo, dead. Um, what else? Ouya, dead. You know, PC market, <laughs> that's ours, but it's dead. So, you yeah. know, Xbox number one. <laughs> Don't think, just consume. Nice. nice. Thanks, bud. Now, the last story is, it's kind of grown arms and legs, a story now, but I've titled it, There's Trouble in Paradox. <laughs> Fuck you guys. Ooh. It's been a rather bad week for Paradox Interactive, where we have three bits of bad news coming from the publisher. Firstly, Paradox announced they were writing down the development costs for the Lamplighters League following a disappointing launch for the game. Released on October the 3rd for Xbox Series X and PC via Steam and Epic stores, as well as Game Pass for console and PC, it currently has scores of 68 for Xbox and 75 for PC on Metacritic. Quote, The Lamplighters League is a fun game with many strengths. That comes from CEO Frederick Wester. Even though we see cautiously positive player numbers in the subscription services, the commercial reception has been too weak, which is frankly a big disappointment. Game projects are by their nature always risky, but at the end of the day, we haven't performed at a level we should. It's painful, but makes us more eager to roll up our sleeves and do better. Paradox Paradox said the decision to write down the game's development costs stemmed from a downwardly revised post-release sales forecast. It expects the move to result in a $22.7 million reduction in pre-tax profit for the fourth quarter. The second part of the story since this announcement is that Paradox Interactive and the studio behind Lamplighters, Hairbrain Schemes, have now announced to quote, part ways. According to a joint press release from the companies, the separation is the result of a mutual agreement stemming from each other's, sorry, stemming from each party's strategic and creative priorities. Paradox and Hairbrain Schemes will go their separate ways on the 1st of January 2024. The parent company will retain ownership of the Lamplighters League and, quote, other games developed by the studio. Thirdly, and perhaps the most criminal, Paradox Interactive will release City Skylines 2 for PC next week as planned, but has warned players that they may experience performance issues. The publisher acknowledged concerns about performance issues in an update published on Monday, just one week ahead of the game's October 24 launch date. These concerns arose after Paradox announced last month that it was raising the minimum and recommended specs for PC versions while delaying the console versions of this month to spring 2024. 
As we've always believed in transparency, we'd like to further shed some light on the current state of the build, Paradox said. City Skylines 2 is a next-gen title, and naturally, it demands certain hardware requirements. With that said, while our team has worked tirelessly to, to deliver the best experience possible, we have not achieved this benchmark we targeted. Um, on on the third part of this story, man, the only thing I have to say is, uh, fuck you guys. Um, one of my biggest bugbears, ah, bugbears, it's another joke, um, is releasing buggy and poor games. Mm. And for them to release the game buggy and to have the audacity to say, we're doing this, is frankly quite shocking. I'm just like, yeah. how is this a thing? Like, for me, Steam and Epic should be like, well, why are we putting that on our stores? Why why should we put your product on our stores? So you're telling people that this is not performing well. Because all that's going to happen is people will play this and they'll just refund it on Steam anyway, mm-hmm. presumably. This is really, really bad. Uh, it's an interesting approach of them trying to get it out in front of it. Going, hey, guys, uh, we... <laughs> listen (laughs) like it's a that's a surefire way of like at least you're kind of trying to be like an honest salesman a little bit but we don't exist mate (laughs) (laughs) it's a it's very it's very interesting um it goes to show again like numbers need to be hit and Quite frankly, they 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 need that arrow again on a chart somewhere to go up, and this is this is probably the case with City Skylines, where it's like, listen, we need this money in order to make the PS5 and the Xbox versions of these games, um, and and we need to release it now, or else who knows what could happen. But it's you're right. I think this is a very poor um, planning and. Honestly, the, the, the publisher part uh, on Paradox to say, listen, it's got to be buggy, but fuck it. If, if you're a good, I'm sorry for the customer. It's like, if you're a good partner, man, you want to, you want to make sure that you're, you're being the best partner you can be for, you know, the person that you're working with. And this just doesn't seem like it. It's like, Hey, we're forcing this to happen, uh, because our, our board wants it to happen, uh, because our investors want it to happen. So it's happening. That really yep. sucks. It sucks for the Lamplighters League. Any of these smaller games that are coming out in the holiday season, man, it really, it really sucks for it. Like, for example, Wargroove 2 came out. I didn't hear anything about that game. The the first game was excellent. So, like, to me, I, if you're a smaller game, if you're a more niche game, releasing it in the holiday season to me doesn't make much sense. But to see it, to see them go, hey, we know this game needs a little bit more time in the oven, but we need money right now, speaks more to the probably the position paradox is in right at that at this very moment. Yeah. yeah, Luke, especially having a twenty three million dollar write down, that probably doesn't help. Exactly. Like they're probably looking at how poor that did and going, this really needs to make up for it. We can't have this happen to us. So, yeah. You know, it's, it's another edition of new IPs in terms of lamplighters struggling. We're seeing that a lot this year, especially, but I'd probably say the last couple of years, but this year has been a really, really bad year for new IPs. Um, and it is a worry. You know, you know, if you're if you're a if you're a developer 
and you're thinking about making a new IP and, and you know, and you're going to a publisher looking for $50 million, $75 million, the risk is so high now. You know, you look at Immortals of Avium recently, pff, flopped in its arse, yeah, you know? Yeah. yeah. Lords of the Fallen, I don't know. It was up there in the sales. Maybe not done as badly as I thought it would. Mm. But obviously, I hasn't you know reviewed in that well, so there might not be any you know post release sales at all. It might just that might be it dead. You know, you won't you won't see a gradual reduction. You'll just see it off a cliff. You know, mm-hmm. um. So yeah, this is for all for all the good we've seen this year. This, this has been one of the best years in gaming ever, if not the best. Um. Yes, yeah, sorry, two thousand and seven. Sorry, two thousand and eight. Yes, I include you. Um. <laughs> but it's not. But it's but it's not been a good year for IP for new IPs. No, it's been really think, rough. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, only one that to really do to to do well is Starfield, right? Yeah. Like it's yeah. Um, I I'm I'm scared for the future of the industry when we're taking a look at like, for example, I'm playing Assassin's Creed or I played Assassin's Creed Mirage. It's like 15 years of Assassin's Creed Mirage, and it's it's got a new intro of all the assassins. I'm like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when's the story going to end? <laughs> like, <laughs> things have to end. Don't, don't cannibalize the next conversation, buddy. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. But it's like, that's all right. Th- that's okay. Things okay. have yeah, to end. So, like, it, 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 it sucks to see new ideas fall to the wayside, especially in the AAA space, especially because to me, half the time, they're just not marketed correctly into the right audience, you know? Yeah. It just sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Someone actually made a good point and i don't know if, if if you've noticed this look but someone made a good point that if you release a new ip and say it's say it's multi-platform there's this there's this kind of notion ah oh, well you know you know it would kind of turn our nose up a bit but if you have the same game there's a new ip but it's exclusive mm. suddenly mm. it almost feels a bit more well it's our game it's our game. You know, you, you look at Baldur's Gate 3, you know, people make the joke, oh, it's a timed exclusive. Even though it wasn't. We all said it for a joke. Yeah, it's a timed PlayStation exclusive. Yeah. There's kind of this little, almost the kind of console war almost comes into it a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird, isn't it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've never really seen it before. Um uh, Before this year, uh, with, with a couple of games like, like BG3, for example. But yeah, I... Mm, People are weird, man. So that doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Twi- yeah, Twitter's a weird th- place I mean, these days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think, yeah, I mean, on the sentiment about new IP, I think it is difficult now. I mean, games just cost so much. Um, you, it, It's funny, actually, because it used to be years ago, you know, your new IPs or your original properties were the ones you would pick because you didn't have to deal with exorbitant licensing costs, right, for whatever other IP you were considering. And now because the, the you know, games cost so much to make, particularly in the AAA space, it's actually, you're actually saving yourself a bunch of money if you pick, you know, if you go to Disney and you get like the, I don't know, Iron Man license and you make an Iron Man game, because you know that it's more of a sure bet than yes. if you make like a Absolutely. brand new IP. Um, so it's it's really interesting how that's changed, and that's only really because the you know the cost of AAA development has just risen astronomically. Um, and you know I don't I don't 
it isn't really that sustainable though you know i don't think the bubble will ever burst on it but i think it's going to be difficult um for more companies to take risks in yep. terms of creating new franchises yes a lot will um but the problem is that as soon as it goes wrong they get spooked uh and then you don't get anything from them for a, you know, a good while so yeah. um yeah, yeah but I, I, it's it's frustrating i think yeah i i don't think we're too far away from hitting a wall where developers and publishers unless like you said unless it's a good license they go we're not making triple new ips anymore there's just no point we're not we're, yeah. we're not putting we're not putting a hundred million dollars plus up for a new ip we'll focus on indie double a stuff lot lower risk try and get a subscription to cover our costs and mm-hmm. anything above that is is pure profit you know you look at sea of stars i mean they sea of stars played a fucking blinder not only did they get game pass and ps plus to buy in they sold it effectively full retail on nintendo and they sold two hundred fifty thousand, no half a million copies isn't it yeah some outrageous yeah. goddamn number yeah yeah, yeah. For an indie yeah, game, presumably yeah. all those were on Nintendo on on, on the Switch. I'm guessing oh, yeah, the majority. Welcome, yeah. you think? Yeah, it would have probably been. I mean, blinder. You know, even even if between Xbox and PlayStation, the two of them together covered every penny of development. Everything above that is just pure cash. Yep. You know, fantastic, great way to do it. And that's, I think, that's probably the only way that it's going to work for these smaller companies now. Because it's just, I mean, there's there's lamplighter. I mean, lamp, you know, lamplighters league that is on Game Pass. Yeah, it's still going to take a thirty million dollar hit. Wow, no, I did not know it's on yeah. there. Because I was yeah, yeah, I, cause yeah. even like thinking about that, I'm like, and for like a lot of indies, a lot of the cover, if you're a, a, a top of the line indie, is like you're hoping that this is screaming the the streaming service guys help you a little bit, right? And now we're seeing that go away, and they're not they're not wanting to splurge as well. Again, Game Pass growing akin to like the PS4, um, where the PS4 first few years, it it depended on indies. And then once it got its uh, its first party in, uh, it relied way less so on that. So, or much less so, way less so, Jesus. Um, so, you know, you're, 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 you're seeing the the effects right now the market changing for indies and just changing for everyone um what you guys said is totally apt we're having this um we're becoming a lot less risk averse especially when uh you know budgets are ballooning the way that they are uh and so you're seeing companies like PlayStation go, okay, we need safe bets. What do people know? Spider-Man. People love Spider-Man. Uh we'll take another IP that you know. Wolverine. Okay. It, yes, we want that. Um, you know, even look, they tried with Knights of the Old Republic. You're seeing a lot Sony Sony try to put themselves next to brands that you know. Uh, so you could get excited for it and go out there and purchase it. But you're seeing that with EA right now too. Black Panther, Iron Man. These are new games, but there are well-known IP with an established fan base that are eager to buy that. I'm even eager to buy it. But that's the thing that I'm getting very um, uh, cautious about when it comes to this industry is I don't want it just to be the, oh, we got to, you know, I, EA's has, you know, again, the, all the Disney IP, right? You know, uh, nothing but Star Wars out of EA or nothing but, you know, uh, you know, Star Wars content from Ubisoft, whatever ha- have you. And there's no original idea. 
Yo, uh, yeah. we talked about it this week on the trophy room, I think on the video version, because again, my audio got messed up in the audio version. Nonetheless, uh, where we talk about how indies help push games media, um, the games medium forward in, in interesting ways. And I would hope that we're see, we'll see companies go out there and go, let's throw a Returnal out there. Returnal's not an expensive game, right? It's very much a double A game that they put out there. Um, and it does well and, you know, a, 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 a fan base can grow out of that. So I'm hoping that we see smaller titles come out, break through, and we get more new ideas where not everything has to be a $300 million thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Cool. That That's was my TED news. Talk. That's your TED Talk. I liked it. I liked it. But that's the news. That's the news. So let's move on to what we've been playing. There's a couple of things. Joe, me and you have been playing the same. But look, um, I want you to talk about Cocoon. <clears throat> um, I see you've just finished it. Yeah. I don't, to be honest with you, I don't know much about Cocoon. Jess from the main podcast, she was playing it this week. Um, on Twitter, I've seen nothing but praise. For a game I know nothing about, and until about two weeks yeah. ago, hadn't even heard of, you know. So um, yeah, listen, talk us through Cocoon. Yeah, uh, I I've been excited for this since it was announced, actually, because uh, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, a huge indie game fan. Um, so I'm really kind of always looking at, you know, in the indie space, what's what's coming up and what's you know what are the good things that are coming out. Um, obviously, being a, a PC gamer, you tend to see a lot more of that as well because, you know, Steam is is really part of it is really driven by by indie games. But um, I remember when Cocoon was announced, and I was really excited because, first of all, the the, the world just looked um, really different aesthetically. A beautiful game, um, very alien worlds, um, and um, it's the. The lead game design is Yep Carlson, who was also the lead game designer at Playdead, who made um, Inside and Limbo, amongst other things. Um, so, uh, you know, that, that kind of conceptually at least got me excited. And uh, when I started to see the gameplay and I saw it was a kind of a, a top-down 3D puzzler, um, that really piqued my interest. But I think what really piqued my interest was seeing the way the mechanics work in this game, uh, which is, it is a puzzler. It's a short game. It's like four or five hours. I think it took me about five hours to complete. Um, I'm really appreciative of short games that are really quality these days because I just simply do not have the time to invest, you know, 745 hours yep. in Assassin's Creed Valhalla or something yep. like that. So um, I, I really love stuff like this. Um, but the the... It is one of the most creative games I think I've ever played, and it's really difficult to discover those games now because so many games are iterative and rely on ideas that, you know, have been around forever. And and sometimes they execute them to perfection, and there's nothing wrong with that, and they're great games. But you know, now and then you need something to come along that really um, has something new, uh, and and this does. And the way that Cocoon does it, does it is that it's a top-down puzzler. You interact with the world by pressing, if you're on an Xbox controller, A, that's it. Um, and you use your thumbstick to move about your uh, alien insectoid. Uh, but you 
So everything is solved pretty much through interaction with either pedestals or these orbs that you carry around on your back. Um, but the way Cocoon works is that you have an orb and inside the orb is a whole different world that you can travel into. And you'll have puzzles where, you know, you it's kind of a mind meld thinking about it. You have puzzles where you're carrying an orb which within which there's a world you're in another world while you're carrying that orb and you have to sort of go into the orb you're carrying to do something to affect the world that you've just come from. And it's more complicated than it sounds, but it gets to the late game in this game and you have like four of these orbs, basically. <laughs> and you're trying to travel through worlds. It's all seamless, by the way. Like, it's a really good show of like, you know, the, the SSD and stuff like that, the way that uh, games can quickly load things. Um, but you get these puzzles that are so, um, they just mess with your head significantly. And I, I really loved it because it was just an experience where you kind of got to think so holistically about how you solve a puzzle. You know, it's no longer, I need this item to do X and I can only find this item there. It's, I need to go into this place of this world and then come out of it, carry this world over here and then go back into another world and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's, it's incredible. It's got great music. Um, the story is completely, you know, very much like Playdead's games. There's no dialogue. Um, it's kind of more ethereal, you know, uh, that kind of um, in the air story. It's not um, nailed down. Um, and it's just fantastic. And I absolutely loved it. It's one of my favorite games this year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're very enthusiastic about it, mate. Yeah. And, and to be fair, I think, you know, Jess was saying that she really enjoyed it as well. From a personal point of view, I hate puzzles in games. I fucking hate puzzles. Well, funnily enough, I'm not a big fan myself. Okay. Uh, so, it, you know, I'm like, I'm not, you know, like people really love like The Witness. Yeah. I don't really like The Witness. I hate The Witness. Uh, I got I to get a notepad. What are you talking about? Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I don't really like, <laughs> I it's, it's not the complexity of the puzzles or anything like that, but I just think sometimes like uh, when you come to a game, actually what you're trying to do is you're trying to disengage your brain a little bit from from the world and not mm -hmm. you know kind of put more effort into it um so it, i kind of feel exactly the same way for the most part but this one was just really good and i think that's because the mechanics are so interesting like the witness is oh, i don't mean to pick on the witness but the witness is his big world go here solve some basically line puzzles everywhere like it's not it's clever it's very well designed but it's not really it's not incredible, you know, um, game mechanics. It's not really engaging to me anyway. I, I know it was to some people. I think this one is because the way that you interact with the puzzles is so different and that just makes it fun. And also it introduces mechanics all the way up until the end. So you're constantly being given something new, some new ability, some new thing to interact with, which changes how you play. So that, that was really cool as well. But yeah, like it's not going to be for everyone, um, but it is, you know, I'll do the Xbox Game Pass thing. It is on Game Pass. So if you have that and it's on PC Game Pass, yeah as well you can just go and try it um but i think it's like 16 pounds otherwise it's it's not a lot and it's a, it's a good experience i gotta a tell you wonderful I've, experience i've played an hour of it and it makes me feel smart i'm not a puzzle guy yeah. i literally yeah. bought it because yeah. i was like joe i i've heard 
you know, if you if you play more puzzle games, if you if you interact more with your with with puzzles, like it'll unlock something in your brain. You know, it's good for memory and whatnot. I'm like, okay, I'll yeah. try this out. And let me tell you, first hour of this game so far, I'm having a blast. It's it it's it does a great job of showing, not telling. A lot of games yes. have a horrible knack of uh, Ubisoft does this all the time of like, uh, yeah, hey, yeah. you should be doing this. It's like, how about you shut up, Aloy? You know, like, that's <laughs> what I want. Yeah. That's what I want. I love my hands, but I f- honestly you want that handheld. Same games, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. 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 I, I I give it thirty seconds. Don't can't figure it out YouTube. Yeah, no time for it. I just want to play. I've no, <laughs> I've no time. If I if I wanted to do puzzles, I would I would get I'd buy a fucking puzzle book and do Sudoku. You know, <laughs> I, I'm like I I ain't here to get a fucking yeah. Harvard degree playing fucking Horizon <laughs> Forbidden West trying to figure a puzzle out. You know? <laughs> Yeah, I think that's 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 totally fair. Yeah, it's totally fair. But but like for me, it's like like when when they when they do it right, because there are times like if you feel lost, yeah, that is a bit of a failure, right? Especially like for me, like fifteen minutes, I'm like, where is this? Come on! Um, Oh no, that's my worst nightmare. Yeah, but it's it's that dopamine rush of figuring it out. This game hasn't had that. There's nothing yet that stumped me, but it's very. it's very like the Russian dolls, right? Where like, you know, like yeah. you, there's a big one, but inside the big one, there's a little one inside that one's a smaller one that, that like it, it does a really good job at, um, at mixing up the worlds and having you solve these puzzles, making you feel like, yeah, that, that sense of accomplishment when you, when you put it all together. I haven't gotten yeah. too terribly lost. Uh, the bosses though, they've yeah, kicked my ass quite a bit, quite a bit, but I've, I've mm-hmm. really dug, uh, Dug my time into Cocoon as well. And also, shout out to the landscapers who have been at it for an hour and somehow got <laughs> even louder. Don't nice. know what's up with that, uh, but they're about to get a fistful, you know? I think I think as well, just uh, just quickly, uh, like I, I was playing, I've been playing Cocoon in between playing Phantom Liberty. So it's two like very different games, which I think you know kind of makes you sometimes appreciate something like a coon a bit more because it's so different right to what the other thing that you're playing that you're like oh this is really refreshing um not that phantom liberty is not good but like it's just it's nice to play two two different things rather than playing like you know um horizon forbidden west and yeah i don't know an ac open world game which oh yeah are yeah somewhat similar um at least conceptually well, it, it reminds me of the start of the year when I platinumed Hogwarts Legacy and Forspoken back to back. Oh, nice. Back to back. And I couldn't play an open world game for three months. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was done. I mean, I could not do an open world game for three months, man. Forspoken, it's in nice. the cellophane. Yeah, this is the yeah. first physical PS5 game I bought as Forspoken. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? It gets a bad rap. It's not. I did the review for the website. Yeah. It's not great by any means, but the combat is brilliant. It's a fun game. Okay, it's it's fun. It's, it's, it's a solid honestly, seven. Is what you're telling not me? That bad. Yeah, I think I gave it a seven or a seven and a half. It is okay. not that bad, honestly. A lot of it was just blown out of proportion. Yeah, yeah. The dialogue's not great, but do you know what? It's not bad. I find it's the protagonist very attractive. Yeah. 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 She thought, like, I gave the example, you know, the people were laughing at some of the lines, you know, it was the whole, remember the whole, I'm moving this with my freaking mind. Everyone was laughing at that line. It was like, do you know what? What else are you going to say in that position, you know? You just, you if know, I young somehow unlock telekinesis, yeah. what am I going to say? I'll I say know. something even more lame, like wowzers. So would I. 
I'd be like, fucking hell. You know? Exactly. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? You know? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. People are a bit she, harsh. People are harsh on it, yeah. Yeah, overly harsh. Cool. For some reason. Um, Could be the reason on the cover, but... Nice. Joe, like me, you did the same as me. You platinumed Mirage. I did. I did. I'm sorry. I was I was unwrapping the... the unwrapping, the, yeah. You muted it. <laughs> you know, I wanted to be considerate. There's something about when you open up a new game... Oh, yeah. that new game smile. Does it, it, it that's a dopamine <laughs> hit right there if I ever I played Assassin's Creed Mirage. My ADD has gone too far this episode, and I absolutely really like this game. <laughs> Good. Good. I like it. I'm gonna I let you take the lead and yeah. then I'll jump in with my uh, my comments and things. I've I spoke about it a lot lately, so I'll, yeah, I'll let you lead, man. Okay. So for me, uh I'm I never thought I was that into Assassin's Creed. Um, you know, I've played the the previous ones back in the day on my buddy's 360. Like, I really enjoyed Assassin's Creed One. Assassin's Creed Two was was really cool. Assassin's Creed Three was was awesome. But like, those are always games that like again I was playing with um at my buddy's house. So like we were swapping the controllers. It was always a game that I, I preferred to watch more than like play myself. And it really wasn't until black flag where the game really got its hooks into me. I love being a pirate. I love having that ship. Like I thought the combat on the ground was great. I thought the combat on the ships were, was great. It was just a really fun time. And then, uh, you know, Unity and Syndicate happened, and I kind of just dropped back off. It wasn't until Assassin's Creed Odyssey where I jumped back in. This is during COVID. And I was like, oh, my God, this game's amazing. I love Cassandra as a character, and I do want her to step on me at the same time. There's just like the, the game was massive in its scope, but somehow just hooked me right in. Then Valhalla came out, and I thought Valhalla was kind of a step too far, right? Like, I enjoyed the Souls-like elements that Origins and Odyssey put in in terms of, like, combat, but the RPG elements were just getting out of hand, and I think Valhalla kind of took it a bit too far, and I wanted uh, very much these these games to be reeled back in. Mirage is the type of game that I want to see more of, where it's like, hey, in between these massive games, here is a pit stop, a fun little romp that is not completely overwhelming, that you're going to have a good, you know, solid 15 to 20 hours in and just get lost into. And again, it's not the main story. It's not the main narrative, but it's a fun time. It's a nice little pit stop. Mirage is definitely that. Uh, you know, to talk about the story, I think we'll start there because to me, it's the weakest element of this game. I, yeah, uh, I must admit, I, I agree. I agree. I, I gave up under caring. I like Bassem a lot. I didn't care for what he was doing, um, or the characters at play. I think no central villain, uh, played a, played a, a big part in, in what am I exactly chasing? What are these baddies actually doing that I need to be, you know, stopping them? Um, it just, there wasn't a big hook to it. And I think definitely towards the end, it got pretty predictable. Though I would have liked to see more of the relationship with him and his best friend play out. Um, and seeing how that plays out, I wasn't particularly a fan of, but I would have loved to see more of that. I would have loved to see like the, the like the the moment where he does become the Bassam we see in Valhalla. We just don't really 
get to any of that. Yeah. That that being said, uh, shout out to the open world. The world is gorgeous. The vistas you can never beat an Assassin's Creed Vista. Um, I think Baghdad is a wonderful wonderful blend of like this beautiful tan meets like emerald green it's just really it it looks like an oasis um and it's just a, a, like a beautiful mirage even and i love traversing that world and i the one thing that i like about mirage too it's like we're, they're not here to give you like because Baghdad's actually surprisingly flat Right. But they're not here to give you, you know, the weird like skyscraper. Here's like this really cool uh, and overly large like temple or whatever have you. It's like, here's the true to life. What this game as accurately as we can depict what this area would look like. And um, I have to say, I got to give it cr- uh, props because this is definitely a city and a, for lack of better words, that feels lived in. It feels active. It does feel like, oh, yeah, this is a place in time and I'm visiting it. And I think that's what Assassin's Creed does so well. And they do it so well in Mirage. Um, that being said, traversing while improved, not great. Uh, especially towards the end, I was starting to get hitches on certain things. Not to say great, sorry. It's great. There are some things that annoy me, some weird hitches that I would like fixed, uh, definitely towards the end of the game I found. But overall, it is a, a, an Assassin's Creed game that feels familiar in the best ways. Like, I love to see them go back to the classic. We're focusing on stealth. Yes, the AI are dumb as all hell, but you're going to have fun, you know, grouping them all together, throwing a trap, smoking them out, and then just assassinating them all in this cool, like, you know, like little montage that you do. Yeah, this, brilliant, isn't it? It's just that, you know, that purple haze of dopamine in it. It's great. Yeah. yeah, it's so good. So, like, to me, it's like, yeah, uh, the, the stealth, again, great i would love to see them do a little bit more with it um but i it the one area that does fail for me a bit is the combat um it gets pretty predictable right so it's like okay he, i'm gonna dodge and then i know exactly i'm gonna parry and it's gonna be a large window and i'm gonna be able to parry it um I would love something more akin to like a hitman where it's like, yeah, listen, I'm an assassin. Okay. I'm not a combat commando. I'm an assassin. And if I'm found out realistically, I could take on a few guys, but I'm not going to, I'm not Arnold Schwarzenegger. I would love an Assassin's Creed game that gets me a little depowered in terms of how many guys I could take on at once who, um, <laughs> and so like to me, I, I, I would love to see a, I know this sounds weird, but a weaker assassin. Where it's like, yeah, I could take on one guy, but that's an effort. Cause it's, it's a dude that, that, that wants to kill me. Right. Or like I could take on maybe another one, but like that anything more is going to be challenging. Right. Whereas Uber in, in this game, it's like, yeah, you could take on seven dudes. Go for it. Who cares about stuff? It's like, no, I'm an assassin though. And when you get to the, the, the big hulking guys, the one thing that annoys me is every time you accidentally whack them up front. And maybe this is somewhere in the setting. It just hit a lot for me. Um, it was like, hey, just, just so you know, you can uh, hit him from behind. And that's the way you're going to get him. It's like, okay, all right, relax. Uh, you don't <laughs> have to say it every single time I run up to these guys. Um, but yeah, 
it's a little bit handholdy in that regard. And then like every time I break stealth, it gives me this big alert. I'm like, just stop. Just leave me alone. I understand. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed my time as Assassin's Creed. I think the biggest strength of it is the world. I think, uh, you know, going back to its stealth like roots is, is a lot of fun. Even just unlocking the skills while basic as they are, it does a really good job of like, Hey, listen, you learned this ability. Now you have this other ability that adds onto it. Level it up. Hey, you don't care about the eagle because that's not what you want to do. That's fine. Ignore it. You can focus all on combat. You can focus all on stealth. I think they did a really good job with that element. By playing it, though, I don't think it's the best game I've ever you know played in the series. Hmm. It makes me really want to go back. It's like, what did I miss? I really want to try Unity out. I want to give it a second chance. I want to give Syndicate a second chance. Like, I want to actually go back to this franchise because I forget how much I really do enjoy it. So, Assassin's Creed Mirage, I definitely think it's worth your time. I think it's, what, 50 bucks right now. I definitely think that is an appropriate price for this game. I I've strongly recommend it if you're an Assassin's Creed fan. So it's a, it's a good time. And the one thing too, if I can just add to the open world, while it's big, it's not the biggest thing in the world. It's just, it, it definitely didn't give me the fatigue of like, all right, let's, let's do this again. Um, yeah, so yeah, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed it, man. Really enjoyed it. Great. You know, to be fair, a, a lot of what you said, you know, I, I would just be repeating, but you're right. The world, one of the bits that I, really appreciated was there was no bloat yes there's collectibles but a lot of them you kind of find naturally on your traversal that if you are going for the platinum chances are you've not got that much mop up to do compared to say valhalla like you mentioned i mean that for me that was 120 hour platinum and that was fucking insane you know one one of the guys in our discord chris platinumed it on ps5 and on ps4 250 hours you know, Jesus that shit's Christ. insane, man. You know, yeah. so um, yeah, there was none of that blow, which 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 I really appreciated. Yeah. As someone that's been wanting an Assassin's Creed remake for mm. so long, same. This is probably the next best thing. And mm-hmm. listen, see, depend, see, depend on how the sales go. I know Ubisoft said it's in line with 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 sort of the more recent titles, which is great to hear. You never know. It might persuade them to do it. And I'm kind of hopeful that they will. If not, listen, it is the next best thing. It is that true to form. One thing I'm going to slightly disagree with you on about the combat is that I found that if I got surrounded, I was dead. Apart from when I got the smoke bombs. Because then it was just got the smoke bombs. But until you got the smoke bombs, if you have got found, it was pretty much game over, I found. Oh, really? Yeah, because, well, certainly for me, unlike previous Assassin's Creed games, where if you had, say, four enemies, right... One person attacked you, and the other three stayed behind, and then the next one attacked you, and the other three stayed behind, and then the next one attacked, and it was all, like, moves. Whereas in this, they, they just fucking pile on. So unless you've got the smoke bomb, <laughs> I was right. like, yeah, it's dead. But I felt as though that was good, because that was the game punishing you for, like you said, not being an assassin, getting caught. Well, this is your punishment. You're an assassin, you're supposed to be stealthy. Um, and the game obviously it's just got so much stealth with the throwing knives were so rewarding picking oh, people up and dumping knives. them in haste mm-hmm. oh it's so good yeah so it, fucking honestly, good dude so much fun you know launching yeah. knives across yeah it was good just you know excellent ways to play stealthy because that's what we wanted I find myself you know, if, I, if I was going in an, in, an, in an enemy base 
if I if I cocked up, I restarted my save and started again. I was like, no, no, I want to do this properly. I want to take everyone out silently. I want to stab them all in the ass with my fucking mm-hmm. my my, uh, with my hidden blade here. You know, they're going yeah. down. So yeah. no, um, like yourself really really enjoyed it for me easily an eight eight and a half out of ten i'll give it as high as that story is yeah, crap right eight. it's yeah it's yeah. like yeah go and find the hidden ones again and okay it was quite good that you had to like find clues and stuff and go here and do this and paint little pictures that was all right how you got to it was fine but it just it wasn't all that interesting as a story but i was enjoying the gameplay so much i didn't mind same i didn't same. mind yeah cool it's a fun um, time I, I, fun time yeah absolutely yeah luke are you interested in mirage at all or is it something you're going to pick up uh, um i will probably play it uh my wife's playing it at the minute because she's oh, nice. a big um, assassin's creed fan um cool. but like my history of ac is like you know i played the first ac thought it was garbage um played <gasps> ac2 thought it was one of the best games ever made um steel and uh well the first one isn't good i mean it's not it's just not a good game it's what? like great concept not a good game two is oh. incredible brotherhood is really good three it's not great you know black flag i agree really loved and then basically as it progressed to you know the origins i really liked actually mm. uh that was kind of my limit in terms of uh open world rpg ishness um and then odyssey and valhalla were just way too big Way, way too, big. too big for me that's and that's yeah. my problem with it. it's like there's too much guys and i think it, it, yeah. like i think valhalla is actually in a perfect example of what i think is and i i get it's a very divisive game and if you love it you love it but it is what's the problem with triple a games it's like you we have to do everything you got to build your base yeah there's some self elements there's rpgs there's uh there's like army building too you got blue. puzzles you got like it's like we're here. We're here to be your every waking moment game. It's like yes, yeah, yeah. slow, exactly. Yeah. So um, Mirage, I'm, I'm much more interested in because it's obviously going back to the the classic AC formula. I really hated, obviously, as well, which which I know was a criticism and, and kind of Mirage is partly a response to this of the idea that you know the games just went away from being. A you know you're an assassin you you couldn't just assassinate people anymore yeah. in in valhalla and odyssey you know you had to be a certain level to yes. be able to just do that right um yeah. so I, I like that this one's gone back to that so i, I probably will play it i just don't have any time to do yeah. so right, right no now, spider-man baby let's go let's go well on that happy note two hours 15 minutes Oh, lucky two son of hours a gun. fifteen yep. minutes. Lucky son of a gun. Yeah, guys, I, I wanted to I wanted to end the show with just let's just have a little chat about our Spider Man two hype. Yeah, how are we feeling? Give me, give me a little. Just tell me how you're feeling. There, okay. Fucking excited. I, I I said this on the trophy room this week. We had a special uh, guest, Jake from Game Explain. He did the review over uh, on there. He called it the best superhero game ever made. Um. Definitely check out that conversation because you see him, a massive superhero fan, um, just gush about this game. And the way he like, I was already excited. And the way that he was the the reverence he had for it just got me somehow even more excited. <laughs> um, this game. One of the things one of the questions we had in the show was like, there, there's a trailer out. And apparently it shows way more than some people would like. 
And they're like, it, it, do you think it, the question was to Jakey, do you think and to us, you know, Insomniac kind of spoiled it a bit. And as we were talking, Jake was watching it and he's just, he's looking at it going, oh, no, you guys have not seen anything. He's, he's like, this is, no, this is not even this is not even remotely scratching the surface. And I was just like, oh, wow. Because I saw wow. it. I was like, oh, you shouldn't have done it. He's like, no, don't worry. You're fine. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. I didn't even watch the trailer. I didn't. I was like, yeah, I no. stopped watching yeah. stuff ages ago. Were you the same, Luke? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, stopped yeah. watching uh, a good while ago. Definitely didn't see the latest one. So yeah. after that conversation with him, I I am so excited. Spider Man is my my favorite superhero, especially Miles Morales. Um, and the one thing that got me really uh, one amazing question Kyle had for Jake was: Does this game, when you're playing it, does it feel like? Peter is playing second fiddle or does it feel like Miles is playing second fiddle? Like, or is there a good cohesiveness to them? And he goes, the interesting thing about it is depending on, uh, he's like, I've asked a certain number of people, depending on who you ask, they have a different answer. Oh. And so nice. to me, he's just like, there's, it's just a perfect cohesion of not just Miles and Peter, but everyone in that in that game they're all having to ask a similar question and they all have the answers to each other's problems and i am really excited to see how that comes together so yep. i'm super excited for spider-man um there's there's also something he said about like you know to make a good spider-man story it's usually about like self-discovery it's a, or, or the ability to push through the ability to, to sacrifice and this game does something where it's about teaching you a, a, a third lesson that he, he as a huge spider-man fan goes didn't i didn't know that they that that this w- could have been a third pillar so wow. everything i've heard about this game I am 100% on board. I can't wait to play it. I can't wait to just get lost in this world. Uh, you know, for me, you lucky son of a bitch. I got, <laughs> I got, I got like six hours to go, dude. I can't wait. And uh, man. usually for me and games, it's like, I don't play games at midnight because I'm like a little tired. Dude, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm counting down. I got I got yeah. my coffee ready. Like yeah, I, I, yeah. So pumped. Uh, me so and before you jumped in, Luke, you were you were kind of saying the same, weren't you? You were like, yeah. well, I'm I'm gonna play a little bit at midnight. Just I'm gonna just get yeah. a little taste. Yeah, there, yeah. Just, you know, I might just do just a tutorial. A little, yeah. yeah, a little teaser. It'll probably turn into like an hour or two. Oh yeah, because uh, <laughs> it's really Easily. hard just to get a taste of those games, Easily, isn't it? particularly. Man. When they're so story driven, and you want to know, you know what's going to happen next. Um, yeah, I, I'm super, super excited. Um, uh, just a huge. Unfortunately, you can't see my room, but it's it's covered in um, various figures uh, <laughs> and statues <laughs> and stuff, um, many of which are Spider-Man related. Nice. So um, yeah, massive fan. And I love the first game. I love Miles Morales. Same. Um, I think it's probably some of the best Spider-Man storytelling there's ever been. Like it, it's it's a really really high bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, it, I, yeah, I just think you know from everything I've seen about this game and people's impressions of it, you know, it feels. The, the leap isn't quite the same because you know, you'll see the example I'm going to make, but it feels like kind of Insomniac's Uncharted 2 moment where 
you know, they, they just make this incredible title. And obviously Spider-Man, the first game was not uh, anywhere near as lower level as the first Uncharted, right? That was, that was an even bigger leap, but to, to get anywhere near that, I think it's really impressive. And it seems like they have done for this one. Um, but yeah. it's just kind of bigger, better, bigger set pieces, you know, more interesting stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I can't, can't wait. To, to jump on that point, um, Jake said something pretty interesting. Again, talk, I let him vamp for like 20 plus minutes. I'm like, every word I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> like, I have nothing to add. This seems great. But to, to kind of launch on that point, you know, uh, he talks about how Sony always tries to, you know, make their games feel like the cinematic branching thing and insomniac does something here where they kind of buck that trend and they do something different. Um, so yeah. Uh, yeah, this is, I'm, I'm just so excited for this game. I just can't, there's no words. I, I have my, my Spider-Man controller out behind me. I have not touched it other than to put it on that dock, uh, because it, it belongs to be played with Spider-Man. <laughs> so that's, that's where I'm at, man. The, the hype is all consuming. It's the only thing I'm thinking yep. about. Yep. It's in the box. Indeed. Yeah, you got see. Yeah. yeah. So, so for those for those listening, obviously we're we're not, we're not recording video, but I have in my hand the DualSense controller here. God and bless. I obviously ordered this on you know PS Direct. It arrived on time and it sat on my shelf because you can't open it until we get Spider Man. You can't, can't open it in advance. Yeah. No. My wife, my wife was like, "You sad bastard!" I'm like, "No, no, 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 <laughs> no, no. This, this waits. Yeah, this waits." And um, yeah, so be getting opened very, very soon. Absolutely, absolutely. Hi everyone. This is a little intro splice post editing. Unfortunately, at this point in the recording, Joe's internet cut out and we didn't realise. So his recording unfortunately stopped, and it wasn't obvious until we finished. So we now at this point lose Joe. So I'm going to do my best for the next or the last twenty minutes or so to try and edit in what I do have with me and Luke. So if it sounds a bit odd, I do apologise. Thank you. Obviously, we got the um, we got the reviews this week, and fuck those reviews, man. What was your what was your kind of score predictions? I, uh, to be honest with you, I know it's cliche, but I was actually thinking eighty eight beforehand. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's cliche, I know, but it's just yeah. that level because, like you know, Ben on another podcast, the one that I was on on Monday, you know, he he pointed out that when it comes to review score, particularly with that with a hundred reviews. The difference between an 88, an 89, a 90, I think one is massive. You don't realise how big four points is when you've got 100 reviews on a 10-point scale. It's massive. It's a big, big swing to get that, you know? Um, I had heard on the day of reviews, about an hour or two beforehand, three outlets offering it a 10. I knew of three and I thought, ooh... I started thinking, is this going to break 90? But I was still sceptical. I still thought, no, no, I'll play it safe on 88. A fucking 91 for a superhero game is, yeah. is madness. It's madness. Luke, were you were you surprised mm. at the review scores or was that in your kind of wheelhouse? What were you thinking there? No, yeah, I, I was pretty surprised. Uh, not because I, I don't think that, you know, Insomniac could could deliver that kind of score uh because they can and you know personally to, to me they have 
Um, but yeah, I was I was on the the eighty eight train. I thought it would get similar, you know, uh, a similar score to the original, um, j- just by virtue of the fact that it's it's um it's really difficult, as you say, to get above a ninety now. Like it's very yes. hard. Um, and you know, th- this game is 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 a, a sequel. Right, it's a it's a proper proper sequel, and then there's only been a few over the last few years that um, have been able to to really kind of ramp up their their um, review response. Um, so you know, God of War Ragnarok was one, albeit it was basically the same, but that was impressive in of itself mm. because of how highly um, the first game scored. Uh, and and then the Last of Us Part Two again around around the same a little little bit less and and you've had games obviously like um, Tears of the Kingdom etc that have also done re- really really well, but it's it's not easy to, to do that to get above a ninety. So um, I, I thought it would be high eighties, and in fact it was odd because I remember the first review I saw for it was IGN and and they gave it an eight, which is a great score. Um, but I was like, and then I went to Gamespot and it was an eight, so I was like, oh okay probably about right it's going to be you know around uh high 80s and then as i started to see them roll in i was like oh wow actually you know most people are giving this a, a nine or a ten um so uh I, I was surprised um i i just yeah i just think insomniac are an, an incredible developer i mean they've, they've done so much already um their their production pipeline is insane i, I really don't know how they do it um i just i just think they're a you know, just very good at everything. Um, their technology is very good. Their writing is excellent. They make games that are very fun to play. Um, they have incredible looking games as well. Um, and uh, it kind of makes me really excited as well. Just, just incidentally, for Wolverine to see what they can do with a you know a different a different kind of game you know probably much slower more deliberate um probably much to some extent more mature as well um yes. so yeah I, th- I think they're an incredible developer and i wasn't too surprised by the scores albeit i wasn't i wasn't expecting it to get over a 90 uh not yeah. a, not a spider-man game in 2020 like imagine going back like 15 years ago and saying there's going to be a spider-man game that's going to score you know over a 90 on a on a uh, aggregation website you'd just be you'd be laughed at wouldn't you yes so um (laughs) like i think the fact that it's getting close to to arkham city you know which most people before to you know now that and spider-man regarded as you know probably the best superhero games ever made and now spider-man 2 looks you know to be right up there with with that kind of reverence so that's awesome i I just can't wait to play it i I can't wait to treat myself to 19 inches of venom (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um what, what do we think as okay, forgetting the, the Spider-Man to fancy, what do we think when we see comments like, "Oh, the game's too short, thirty-five hours platinum, too short"? Yeah, I, I, I get. I think I think there's like a school of. I I don't want it to sound. I don't want this to sound bad. I think some people, you know, the the the, the value of the game, <laughs> the value of the game is measured in in how how much you can extract out of it in terms of hours. I think for some people that might be because they can't just get games willy-nilly right so the justification 
moves away from pure quality to you know is is how much can i actually get extract in terms of hours and that that is the value so i have uh, you know i have a friend like that for example who's loves the first game but he's really kind of on the seesaw of do i want to spend 70 pounds on this knowing it's only it's only quote unquote 25 to 30 hours um for me that doesn't make any difference at all in fact that's a positive these days because first of all what i judge you know if spider-man 2 came out and people were saying it's one of the greatest media experiences you'll ever have one of the greatest games you'll ever play um it's 70 pounds but it's only 15 hours i'd be like cool still still gonna pay for it if it's that good i will pay for it because it's memorable um so yeah, I do. I don't. Yeah, it, I mean, I just don't. I don't have have the time. That's why I, you know, I stay away from bloat games like like Ubisoft, you know, AC games because it's just the time investment is is too great. Um, so for this twenty five thirty hours, first of all, that's a lot a lot of time. Like, and if it's all quality, which it sounds like it is, I think that's great. You know, it's... I think Luke, I think you've got a great point. Is that we we put too much emphasis on how much time we get means quality. Now, yeah. as I've gotten older, that that's let that's not the way I feel anymore. Don't get me wrong, right? When I when I speak about video games, people say, oh, 70 quid's expensive. I use the time as a defense of that. For example, when I see the new Barbie film is on, I think it's Amazon Prime, two hours long, and Amazon Prime want to charge you £20 to rent it. Yeah, yeah. That film is 20 quid to rent. So that's when I go, well, hang on. 70 quid for a video game is insane value for money. Yeah. But that doesn't mean to say the time is value for money. If you, you know, like I said, if you, know, if you look at, we mentioned Assassin's Creed Valhalla. That took me 120 hours to platinum. Now, in the case of your buddy, if a buddy said to me, Donnie, listen, I'm a bit short on money just now. What game would you recommend I can play for ages and ages and ages? Because I can't afford to buy all the new games. I would say Valhalla is one game because you can get uh-huh. no, yeah. <laughs> you can get a hundred hours out of that game for okay. Assuming seventy pound brand new when it came out, perfect example of that because that's someone that you know that maybe needs a bit more time and that's fine. But my experience of Valhalla is is that I got the platinum in 120 hours. But my experience of that game would have been identical if the game was 60 hours. That extra mm, 60 yeah. hours added no Nothing, increase yeah. to the experience other than bloat. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, um, one of my favourite ever games is Inside, right? Which is like a six-hour experience. And I think that was like 15, 20 pounds. If someone came up to me and said, you know, retrospectively, you've now got to pay £50 for that game, I would be like, fine, you know, to retain the memory I've got of the game. Because the the I think people don't realise that value is... <laughs> and it's so, it's so obvious but people seem to forget it it's it's so subjective um and you, you can assess value in lots of different ways and i think people just sometimes go well that's you know and i, I don't want to pick on like starfield but you know people love starfield and, and great but it's it's a lot of that comes from oh it's really big it's really ambitious you know look how many hours look how many days worth of time i've put into this game and i and i get that and me yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
I, I, so I, I get I get that rationale, and I think that's fine to assess, you know, your your um your appreciation of, of value by by a time metric, how much you get out of it. But uh, it's not the only way to assess uh, value and how, how you know if something's worth it. it you, you'll only ever know when you actually play it. Um, but yeah, I would. I mean, twenty five to thirty hours is perfect. Perfect. You know, it's not yep. it's long yep. enough. It's not too long. Yeah. Great. Because I know I'll spend an extra five hours in photo mode probably as well, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 Excellent. Any other business? Because that's the show. We are done. I got nothing. Should I, um, should I, should I open this? You should open it. Yeah. Should I open? Should I open my jewel sense, guys? You should open that, and Joe, you need to you need to order that venom hot tie now. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty one inches. There you go. Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's coming! It's coming! Oh. Mm-hmm. oh. Oh, it's a nice box, isn't it? Oh, it's just a nice box. Yeah. Oh, she's lovely. Oh, she's nice. Oh, the jewel sense. Oh, oh that's, it looks great. Guys, sign us out. Luke, send us, give everyone your, your, your socials and, and, and sign us out here first. Yeah, Only well, if you thank want you for to, having me. No problem. Oh yeah, no, no of course problem. I do. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Uh, real pleasure. Really, really enjoyed that. Um, only had a bit of merger talk, so that was great, and it was Fab. only hypothetical. Even better, wonderful. Um, Indeed. But yeah, no, thank you for having me again. Uh, yeah, you follow me um, at Luke Steel ninety on Twitter slash X, whatever you'd like to call it these days. Uh, and then in terms of other content, I am on the Indie Gamer channel on YouTube. So uh, we do like indie game podcasts and previews and reviews and all of that sort of stuff. Um, so if you like indie games, uh, go check that out. Gentlemen, thank you both very much for coming. Hope you've had fun. And everyone who's listening, thank you very much. As usual, you'll get the main Pure Dead Gaming podcast Thursdays now at 9am, not 3pm. And you'll get this podcast fortnightly. And on that note... Thank you guys and see you later.